Now, you got your Bible. Let's go to work. All right. This is what people are excited about. Amen. They're excited. Go to 1 Thessalonians. Let me show you something. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Um, we did this yesterday in one of our ministers, in our minister's class. I thought it was so well. My wife did this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. Because this is what has to happen. When you hear the word of God, you just can't just say, I heard the word of God. You got to realize what you just got through saying. It's not the word of man. This is not what man says. This is what God says. 1 Thessalonians, when you get this, say amen. 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 and verse 13 on the screen. Let's read together. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not of the, of the word of men, but as it in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Say that with me. The word of God, God. work also, also in me because I believe it. It's the word of God. Right. See, if you don't believe it's the word of God, you think it's the word of man, it won't work in you. This is the word of God. Oh, I'm so grateful. All right. Now, what I want to do this today is, first of all, Thank you for putting up with me. Amen. Because I just love the Lord and I'm just so excited about what God showed me. Now, I want you to put down these four different life. Four different life. And the third one I give you is what we're going to minister on today, which is called spiritual life. But I'm going to give you all four. And you got to understand when somebody tell you that you can be saved by doing something, confessing something, uh, baptizing water and all this stuff. Listen, you've been deceived because first of all, you cannot get spiritual life through water baptism. You cannot get spiritual life through your confession of faith. And that's what people are trying to do. You got to understand, the only way you're going to get eternal life is believing the gospel of Christ and receiving it. I'm going to show you in the word. I'm not going to just tell you something. I'm going to show you in your own Bible. So if you're at home, get your Bible and, and sit down and go over this with us. There are a lot of people who are not at this ministry at this time. They support us in their financial giving on, 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 on Sunday morning. And they watch the program. A lot, of, most of them, a lot of them watch both services. Thank you so very much. Okay. But we want to make sure the word get out. Amen. That's what we got to do. All right. Now, we want to we go into this right now. We want to write down these four places that told you about uh, life. Number one is Genesis chapter number 2. Genesis chapter, they put on the screen for them. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. I'm going to take my time and just go through the Bible and show them quickly because I'm going to show you when Jesus came, he came that you might have life. But he's not talking about physical life. He's not talking about soul life. He's talking about spiritual life, which I'm going to talk to you about today. You cannot get to eternal life unless you have spiritual life first. Say that with me. You cannot get to eternal life unless you have spiritual life first. Right. So that's what happened. When people are telling you how to be saved, they're not telling you how to get spiritual life. They tell you how to join their church. And that's all you can do with being water baptized is join a church. That's why when people are going to do it, join a fraternity. You can join a fraternity, but you're going to die and go to hell because you're just in a fraternity. 
All right. You don't join church, you become the church. Somebody say amen. All right. Now, let's go to work. Let's look at Genesis. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Let's put it on the screen. Genesis chapter 2. And the Lord God formed man. Now you know what has happened first. First God in Genesis chapter 1, he said, let us make man. So the Bible said, and God created man in his own image, in his own likeness. Is that right? You know that much about the Bible. All right. Well, creation took place in Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 2, God formed man and put man in a fleshly dirt body. That's formation. So you had cremation, then you have formation. Creation, I'm sorry, creation, then formation. Thank you, Wayne. So in verse number 7, it said, The Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground, breathing to his nostrils, watch this, the breath of life. Say that with me, the breath of life. All right, that was the first life. Now, you want to, if you take a note, breath of life is the life for your soul. You want to make sure you put down it. The breath of life is what? The life for your soul. All right, that's soul life. Now, soul life is through Adam. Everybody born in this earth gets it. That's why Jesus had to be born in the flesh, so he can have a soul. All right, soul life. But that's not why, why he died on the cross, because you already had soul life. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 17. It's going to walk you right through this. Hope you mark them in your Bible. Leviticus. You go through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And we're going to look at chapter number 17. And chapter 17, you want to look at verse number 11. I'm just going to do verse 11 and verse 14 for time's sake. I'm not trying to read all of them. I'm just going to read verse 17, verse 11 and verse 17. For the life of the flesh. Now, this is natural life. If you keep in notes, first you had soul life. That's the breath of life. All right? That's how people learn how to do what? CP what? CPR. Because that's the breath of life. They know how to put the life, put the breath back in the body. Okay? That's the breath of life. All right? Now, that is life. But it's the breath of life. Then your second life is Genesis chapter 17, verse 11. And the life of the flesh is in the blood. That's your second life. You got two life right there. The life of the flesh is in the blood. God said, I've given it to you up on the altar to make an atonement for your soul. You can only make an atonement for the soul with the blood. The word atonement means what? I mean, remember that last week. If, if you've been atoned, what it means? Forgiven. Thank you. You got to know all those big words is fine, but it means you've been forgiven. God gave you redemption through his blood. Forgiveness of sins. All right. The blood is the one that make an atonement or made you one with God. See, the word atonement just means being one again. The, God, the blood made you one with God again for your soul. For it is the blood that make an atonement for the soul. He said it again. Let's go to verse number 14. So that's why you have to have the blood. That's why Christ died on the cross. And that's Isaiah 53 and verse 10. Because he had to pay our sin debt with his own soul. Not just his blood, but his soul. God made his soul. We'll go to that next, Isaiah 53 and verse 10. Verse 14 says, it's the life of the flesh. The blood is the life of the flesh. The blood of it 
is for the life thereof. Therefore I say unto the children of Israel, you should not eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. All right, they, they was cut off, they ate blood. Now, the life of the flesh is in the blood. That's two, and that, that's called your natural life. All right, now I gave you something. I come, I'm not going through it right now, but you write that down. Don't let me forget I got a, a scripture that I just gave you. How many remember what I just gave you? Isaiah 53 and verse 10. See, you, that's your notes. All right, now let's go to today's message in John chapter 10. We're going to show you that in the Gospel of John chapter 10, we got to go quickly because we got a lot of catching up to do. John chapter number 10 and verse number 10. See, people will tell you, oh, you just need to be water baptized, and then say, I saw one guy, he said, oh, you're baptized. Got a big old thing on Facebook. You're baptized wrong. Just like, he said, if you are baptized, and they told you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, you are baptized wrong. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. You see, you still don't know. And you on Facebook. See, some stuff don't need to be on Facebook. You don't know what you're talking about. See, that's why you got people trying to preach the word and they're preaching you First Thessalonians. The dead in Christ. If you're in Christ, you ain't dead. So it can't be talking to you. Those who sleep in Jesus. You need to go see what sleep means. Follow Jesus back to Lazarus when Lazarus was dead. He said, Lazarus sleep. They said, we going to check Lazarus. Lazarus sleep. He said, let me tell y'all the truth. Lazarus dead. <laughs> See, when, when you, you don't know, you don't know. First Thessalonians is not for the body of Christ. It is for the church of God. He came back for the church of God. If you want to find out about your salvation, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If this earthly house of this tabernacle desire, desire, we have another building that's not made with hand, and watch where it is. It ain't in the ground sleeping with Jesus. It's eternal the heavens. So you see, you gotta know the book. You're gonna know. If you don't know the book, turn on to the Door of Faith Christian Church. Comes on at 9 and 11. Somebody give a good Lord a big hand. I'm telling you, one thing about it in this house, we will teach you the word. All right, thank you very much. All right, now, what am I giving you right now? The Gospel of John chapter 10. Thank you so very much. God gave my sister and mother a miracle this past week. She, you may hear over there, but that's what happened. Sister Brace, we'll raise your hand on the way you. God gave, there was a hurt. Listen, listen to this here. Last week, there were tornadoes, a breakout tornadoes all over the south. All over the south. They were headed to Alabama, headed to her mama house, and they started praying. They start praying. The tornado changed directions. Am I right? The tornado changed directions from her house and went on cross and destroyed a whole neighborhood. So you got to understand something. This thing is real. We had some break, a breakout all around through here. How well and everything. But God. That's why we come in here and we praise it. John chapter 10, verse number 10. Here we go. The thief. Now, you got to understand what he's talking about. He's not talking about the devil himself, but this is going to work. Come and not but for the steal, kill, and destroy. See, that's what happened with religion, tradition of man. Came to destroy. Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life. Now, that life that he came for you to have 
is eternal life. But you can't get eternal life until you have what kind of life first? You need to write that down. I gave you the first two life. I gave you number one life, the breath of life. Number two, the life of the flesh and the blood. That's natural life. Then you got number three, that's spiritual life. I'm going to show you, you cannot get spiritual life without the blood. Unless Christ has died on the cross and shed his blood, you could not get spiritual life. You're only going to have natural life. And no other, no other way. Jesus said, I am the way. No one of the ways. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm come that you might have life. You need to put down their spiritual life. And that you might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Go down there, let's read verse 15. Let's read a little while. Verse 15, John chapter number 10, verse 15. And the Father knoweth me, and so know I the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. This is how you got eternal life. This is how you got, you got spiritual life. His life was spiritual life. He's the only one who has it. Verse number 17 says, Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down on myself. I have power to lay it down, and I got power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. He's the only one that could give us eternal life. Let's go back to John chapter 3. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel like singing hallelujah. John chapter 3 and verse number 12. John chapter 3. See, I'm, I'm excited. I'm so glad I say, listen, I've been ministering 43 years. Everything in this Bible I have taught wrong. I came before this church over 10 years ago, and what I said to you, I've been deceived. Ain't no need to be lying. We went, from, we went from the church over there on Elizabeth, uh, uh, Lookout Street and we were New Greater Way Baptist Church because that's what the church named when I got there. So then I got installed as a pastor of the church, New Greater Way Baptist Church. And I realized people were talking about me all over. Pastors, that is. And they said, you don't need to be no New Greater Way Baptist Church because you're you breaking every, every law that the Baptists stand for. You ain't no Baptist. Baptist, you all out in the order laying hands on the sick, telling people the pain is gone. Ain't no, you ain't no Baptist. Pray, you ain't no, you ain't no Baptist. Open your praying in tongues and praying in the spirit. You ain't no Baptist. I said, well, you know, I must not be a Baptist. So I, we changed the name to New Greater. We changed the name to New Greater Way Christian Church. I'm, I'm not lying. We did that. And because why? We got the chain. Because we heard you could have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. So we changed it to door of faith. See, we made all those changes because we thought people was right. Then God showed me. Thank God he showed me. He showed me Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. Put it on the screen. Let me show what he told me. He said, son, let me tell you something. Without the shedding of blood, I'm telling you right. When God showed me this, it changed my life. He said, look, all this other stuff you're talking about, it ain't about that, son. It's about that cross. Everybody got them. 
I began to go around looking at all churches. I said, everybody got a cross. Then I started saying, yes, he had a cross around his neck. Drop in his shirt pocket. I said, got to be the cross. And the man get up and said, you ain't water baptized. Well, what, what, where the cross from? I thought it was the cross. He said, it is the cross. Watch this here. Put it on the screen. I just told you. Hebrews 9, 22. And of almost all things about the law, perish with blood. But the last, person, last part said, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Somebody give the Lord a big hand. If Christ had not shed his blood, if Christ had not died on the cross and shed his blood on the cross, washed our sins away, there would not be any forgiveness of sin. And yet people are telling you get water baptized and get your sins forgiven. Today, 2022, they tell you folk that. People believe it. You can even put the baby in water today and get the sin forgiven. Matter of fact, you don't even really have to get in the water because I really can't afford to get all my clothes get wet. Just bring them up here. Oh, man, they got all kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. Without the shedding of blood, with Christ didn't shed his blood on that cross, there ain't no forgiveness. You got to put your faith in the blood of Christ. I'm going to show you that this morning. Uh, John chapter 3 and verse 12 and 13. Are you there? Did I tell you to go there? John chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. See, this man, this man called Jesus. We celebrate him uh, this time of the year, but we don't know what we celebrate. God sent his son into the world to save the world from their sins. And yet people are telling you all you got to do is be baptized in water. If that's the thing, why don't we, why, why you kill John? He was doing a good job. John chapter 3 and verse 12. I, Jesus said, I've told you, if I've told you earthly thing and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly thing? Now, you know what he's talking about right there? If you had not believed Moses, you, you want, you're not going to believe me neither. See, I gave you an illustration this morning. I put four people lined up across here. And I told you the first one over there is going, can we do that again? I thought that was so nice. Can we do that again? We're going to do it again. I need four, four volunteer young men. If, you're, if you want me to, don't want me to call you, there you, you already know I'm going to get you. You got three right there together. Come on, brothers. I'm all the way from Adam to uh, Jeremiah. I got four of them already. We got one on the end. James, you want to come on up? You want me to add you to the, Come on, Brother James Smith. Y'all may not know Brother James Smith. Brother James Smith has been to this church as long as I have. Well, not quite, but been a long time. Go all the way down, Brother Noah. We're going to start off with Noah. That's pretty good, boy. God got it, ain't it? All right, stop back there, brother. Stop back there. Stop right there, Jane. Thank you. All right. Now, this young man right here is going to be Noah. Now, I want you to put Luke 16 on the board. Luke 16, 16. So we have to understand what God is doing. You have to understand what, when I keep telling you how you preach grace. There's nothing else today you can preach but grace. If you preach anything else but grace today, nobody going to be saved. The only gospel was given to the Gentile was the gospel of grace or the gospel of Christ. Th that Paul told you that, Romans 11, 13, right? He said, I'm the apostle to the Gentiles. All right, let's see. We're waiting on Luke 16, 16. 
All right, here we go. The law, the, the Bible said law and the prophet. Now, the law and the prophets mean that how God spoke to Israel. Let me ask you again. How did God spoke to Israel? By the law and the prophet. I gave that in Hebrew chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. He spoke to Israel by the law and the prophet. The Bible says, the law and the prophet walk unto John. So this is how God spoke. We know this, Brother Noah, but uh, Brother Luke's, but Brother Noah. But at the same time, he's going to stand for the law and the prophet. This is how God spoke to Israel. But all that changed. When John the Baptist came, this man here going to be called John the Baptist. We know he, he's called Jeremiah, but we're going to use him as John the Baptist today. The next verse says, the same verse said, and the law and the prophet was to John. But since that time, the law and the prophet was to John. But since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man is uh, pressed into it. So now John keep call, came preaching the gospel of the king. Now look at the gospel of Mark chapter one. Let's see what John preached. That's John right there. Let me get out y'all way here. The gospel of John. Let's look on the screen. What did John preach? I'm just looking behind him. Okay. The Lord and the prophet to John. But let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 1, and start reading. Let me show you what John preached. The gospel of Mark, St. Mark, chapter 1, and verse 1. We're going to show you what John preached. We're going to wait on the screen there. The gospel of John. There ain't nobody but Brother Smith. They're getting a bit in the car, getting a job. <laughs> the beginning, let's read with me now. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in where? Come on, each other, read with me. That's on the screen. We got a thousand people watching us. And y'all, y'all got to do a read. Read. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and then a comma, semicolon, as it is written in the prophet. What is he going by? He going by what this guy said. All right? Be this guy said that. Behold, I send my message before my faith. This guy here. See, which, which shall prepare the way before the Lord. He's going to prepare the way. He's not the way. He's going to prepare the way. The way coming after him. Jesus is going to come and say, I'm the way that John was talking about. See, this man came to prepare the way uh, before the, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight, see? Otherwise, you're gonna, we're going to turn from this guy, the Lord and the prophet. He fulfilled this man coming to fulfill the Lord and the prophet and come to fulfill everything John the Baptist is going to say. This is going to be the new guy. They're going to tell everybody. John's going to tell all his disciples. Don't follow me no more. Follow that man. Everybody understand that? Okay. John did baptize in the wilderness. See, John doing baptism. He said, look, you're not going to, we're not going to do it my way no more. John baptized in the wilderness. He preached the baptism of what? Repentance. That's what John was telling them to do. Repent. You're not going to follow the law and the prophet no more. You're going to follow this man. So you have to change your mind. That's what it means by repent. See, preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. I showed you in the word, he preached that to all Israel. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and Jerusalem and were baptized of him in the river of Jordan. What were they doing? Confessing their sins. Okay, that's what they were doing. Thank you, daughter. Pass that down to my daughter there. See, that's what they were doing. But, but, but this man has come. So you can go take your seat. Uh, been fulfilled. The Lord and the prophet been fulfilled. All right. I tell you what we'll do while we're doing it. Let's turn to Luke 24, 44. Let's read that scripture on the screen. We're going to show you these guys have been fulfilled. Fulfilled means their ministry came to an end. When Jesus came, he put an end to their ministry. As a matter of fact, on the Mount of Transfiguration, wife, you can find that for me. 
They made two tabernacles. Matthew chapter 17, I'll tell you what the chapter is in. Matthew 7, they made two tabernacles. The disciples said, let's make one for you and one for Elias. You see, that's what they did. But he told them at that time, you're here. All right, here we go. And he said to them, these are the words which I spake to you while I was yet with you, that all things, this is Matthew, Luke 24, 44. He said that all things must be what? Somebody give me a word. Fulfill. What does it mean to fulfill something? It all finished. It put an end to what else? Accomplished. Right. Everything has been accomplished, which were written, Noah gone, but in the law and the prophets. Everything he said been fulfilled. See, that's what Jesus told them. Lord concerning him. Everything been fulfilled. So now we're he out of it. Jesus has fulfilled the law and the prophet. Now, at this man right here, once the law and the prophet came, John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist ministry is over because John the Baptist was killed. Isn't that right? What scripture are waiting on now? Matthew 17, 1 through 4. Let's just start there. Put on the screen, Matthew chapter 17. See, this is how you have to go. See, you, we're not following John the Baptist no more. We're not. But most of the people that's in this country are still saying you got to repent, be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin. Acts 2.38. Most of them still doing it because they don't want to follow that man over there. They think they're following Jesus. No, you're following John. You ain't following Paul. We ain't got the Paul yet. You all right down there, Paul? Okay. Then answered Peter and said to them, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If thou wilt, we're in Matthew 17 and 1. If thou wilt, let us make here. No, you, you just left me now. Let me catch up. Back up, back up. A little too fast. There you go. Let us make here three tabernacles. How many we got here standing? We know we had the law, brother, brother, here. Three tabernacles, right? One for you, Lord. One for Moses over here. And one for, Je oh, come back here, Lucas. Well, he, he, he know a Luke, Luke's. You know I know him. I got his dad and mom on, on my prayer list. Ain't that right, brother? All right. See, now here we go. Then answered Peter and said to him, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us make here three tabernacles. Tell me these guys right here. One for you, Lord. One for Moses, because you represent the law. Moses represents the law. And one for Elias, which represents the prophet, Jeremiah. Let's make three tabernacles. Now let's see what Jesus said under that. Go to the next verse. Why he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and said, this is my, and said, behold, this is my, come on, come on, what he said? This my son right here, hear who? So you can go. You can go. See, the Lord just told you, this is my son, hear him. So that means you don't need to be hearing John the Baptist no more. You don't need to be hearing the law and the prophets no more. Now, now you got to hear this man. So what did this man do on the road to Damascus? He met this man. So now on the road to Damascus, in a bright cloud, he spoke to this man and told everybody to follow this man. Now I want you to look at your Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. See, the key is that people know what the words say. You're doing all this stuff in the church and think people say, you find the wrong person. 
You believe in the wrong thing. You got a church here that God has set up to here for to save you, and you still want to go somewhere else to take communion and die and go to hell. Isn't that something you die over there with the glass of your face? <laughs> don't you realize by you taking communion and Passover, do you know what you're saying? You don't think he is the Passover. The Passover was under the law. You still over here drinking with Moses. God didn't give the church no Passover. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 told you Christ is your Passover. But people don't want Christ. They want to drink the wine. Eat the bread, drink the wine. Okay, here we go. First Corinthians 4, 14. I'm waiting on chapter 4. We must got a new, new person back there. First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14. Oh, they're training today. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14. Praise the Lord. Are we there? It says, Paul said, I, I write not these things. Are you, that's 14? All right, 414? All right, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. Now Paul is warning them. What's what he's going to warn them about? Next verse. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, Yet you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, watch this, I, not, not me and Peter, James, and John, I have begotten you. How you begotten them, Paul? Through the gospel. Well, if you're over here doing something else for salvation, talking about you, getting, you got begotten through water baptism. The man just said, I begotten you through the gospel. Well, what gospel does he preach? The gospel of Christ. You got to have the blood. Somebody say, you got to have the blood. All right, let's keep reading. For though you have 10,000 instructions in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Keep going. Wherefore, I beseech you, I'm begging you. Do you know what beseech means? I'm begging you. I want you saved. I'm begging you. What is he begging? He said, look, I'm begging you. Be ye followers of me. I'm begging you. All you can do is follow Paul. Come on and give him a big hand. Thank you so very much. All right. That, this is the man you got to follow right here. Come on, wave at him, Paul. You got to follow Paul. Thank you so very much. Yeah, I know, but I, I didn't tell him about what verse I was supposed to read. Okay, I'm going I'm to I'm still do Jesus, but I'm going I'm to do it another way. Now, let's go to the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14. That's what we're going to do, Jesus, right there. The Gospel of John, chapter four, uh, 14. Now, this is what Jesus did. Now, watch how, watch how this changes. Now, Jesus is getting ready to leave. And you've got to understand, if he's going to leave, then he already told them, I'm going to send you the comforter who's going to teach you all things. And then he chose the apostle Paul and gave him. Now, let, let's, let's take these same two guys here and let's look at them as if they were in the Old Testament. Who, who will they be? These two men right here, Jesus and Paul, who would they be if they had a, be quiet, right, let them, let's, let them get it. They got to get it sooner or later. 
I'm not rebuking, but that, they got to get it sooner. I, 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 I keep telling them, they got No, no, listen, listen, listen. You all just came out the wilderness. You all were the children of Israel. We headed to the promised land. And you got to be able to see that was only two people knew where you're going. Moses and Joshua. Now, some of y'all need to write it down. Y'all, listen, I know a lot of y'all don't like to watch Ten Commandments, but let me tell you something. You can learn a lot watching Ten Commandments. Listen, Moses, the only one knew where they were going. Once Moses got to the, the mountain, he couldn't go over. God showed him the promised land, but he wouldn't let him go over there. So he put all of his honor on another man who was it? Joshua. Now Joshua is going to take the people into the promised land. What was his responsibility? I know you, you listen, he, he took the people in the promised land, but why? What was he supposed to do once he got there? Not just take them in there. Come on, listen, divide their inheritance. I read Acts chapter 26, verse 18. That's why I'm doing it over and over and over so they're going to have the inheritance. Joshua's responsibility was to take them in the promised land and divide them their inheritance. Moses' responsibility was take them there. I'll take you there. <laughs> That's all for Moses can do. Now, that, don't worry, don't, y'all don't know nothing about that. Just drop it. Listen. That's far as he had to go. He couldn't take them in the land. That was not his responsibility. He had to take them there. He had to bring them out of Egypt and bring them there. That's what Jesus did. Jesus brought them out and brought them and turned them over to Paul. Just like he going to turn his ministry over to Joshua, Christ turned his ministry over to Paul. So when you follow Paul, you follow Christ. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. See, why people didn't get out of Egypt? They didn't follow Moses. Why they didn't get their inheritance? They don't follow Paul. Why people not getting their salvation? They not follow Paul. Why they not getting eternal life? They not follow Paul. They want to follow John the Baptist, go down and repent and be baptized, every one of your name. You want to do that and get your inheritance. You can't get it. You can't even follow Jesus and get your inheritance. You can't follow Moses and get your inheritance. Moses' job was to bring you out of Egypt, make sure you got there, and then tell you it's right there. I can't go over there with you. I got to go to the cross. I got to die over there, and I can't go with you, but you're going to go to the land. That's what Jesus did. Jesus said, I can't go with you, but I'm going to die. But you go over to grace. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to tell you everything. He's going to teach you everything. He's going to show you everything I've done. That's why Jesus couldn't go. Acts chapter 1, he went back home. But he said, but when I get home, I'm going to send you the comforter. And he's going to take it from here. Well, that's who the comforter used. Lord, I'm with you. That's who he used. The Apostle Paul. So when you reject this man, you're rejecting the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ called this man, Paul, in your Bible tell you, and says, who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. And in Acts chapter 9, he sent this man to preach the gospel and for everybody to follow this man. People don't want to follow them. They got their own apostles. They don't, we don't want no apostle Paul. I'm an apostle Earl. Who is that? That's what's wrong with people. 
And then you ask them, why did God send them? They don't know. And the word apostle means sent one. My time is up. My brother right here is going to be the apostle Paul. Shake your hand, brother. Okay, you're done, Jesus. Okay, that, these two guys here, now you know what they ministry for. Jesus brought you to and gave you everything, died and paid for it. But he turned everything over to, to Paul to make sure you get it. Now clap your hand. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. Amen. You got to understand photography. See, y'all see me on my chair, but I'm, I'm, I'm guys taking pictures, you know. You, y'all catch on a minute. Let, let you in on something. My nurse made me some warm tea today. She told me, she said, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't drink that tea cold like that. Mess your throat up. Let me fix you some warm tea. My sister from Jamaica. Hallelujah. All right. Now, John chapter 14. That's where we're at. Let not your heart be troubled. That's what I was going to read about Jesus there. Don't let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I would have told you. Watch what it says. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, this morning, I gave these to you. I got to go through that quickly. Okay, Ephesians 2.13. Quickly, I'm only going to read one verse. One verse out of Ephesians 2, one verse, 13.18. Ephesians 2, 13.18, just two verses. Ephesians, what did he do? Jesus went to prepare a place. Where? So you can get to the Father. So when somebody tell you you can be baptized in water and get to the Father, they just deceive you. Let me show you what it says. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13. For through him, through Christ, we both have access. Not nobody got to give it to us. We have access by one spirit to the Father. Access me, enter. This is how you get to the Father. Jesus already told you in John 14, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man, go back to John 14, 6, show them on the screen. So you got to hear what, hear what the people are telling you. John 14 and 6, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man come to the Father but by me. And you got people telling you, look, just come to my church, get baptized in Jesus' name, we get you in there. You're going to die and go to hell. Listen to that guy. In Genesis chapter number, chapter 3 and verse 22. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 22. When you get this, say amen. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 22. I only got 10 minutes. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, to know good and evil, and now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life. Somebody said the tree of life. If he take the tree of life and if he eat of the tree of life and live forever, if he eat the tree of life, what's going to happen? Come I just give me 10 minutes. If he eat of the tree of life, what's going to happen to him? He's going to live forever. Now this man had already eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So God did not want him to live forever in sin. So what did God have to make sure he have first? No, your subject. Everything I ask you is your subject. 
listen at this again. Listen at this again. You cannot enter into eternal life until you have spiritual life. I can't say it enough. Jesus came to give you spirit life. How many know what spirit life is? Maybe that's the point. What is spiritual life? Do you have spiritual life? You don't even know what kind of life you got? What do your life enable you to do? Let me say it again. I told you to put down the word access. Some of y'all still ain't got the access yet. Spiritual life enables you to come to God. I went on with that this morning. If you got spiritual life, you can come to God. You can't have another person to pray for you that not, don't have spiritual life. They can't go to God. I take my time because it's not, it don't do any good if you don't know what I'm saying. Spiritual life is what you get when you get born again. You get born of the spirit. You, God, give you spiritual life. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 9. If you don't have spiritual life, you are none of his. Ain't that right? If, you're not, if you don't have the spirit or have spiritual life, you don't belong to him. Now, I, I'm not done with Adam because I want to show you something. Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When Adam ate of the tree of neither good and evil, he could not go to God no more. So what did he have when he ate of the tree of neither good and evil? Don't just say something. Ephesians 2.1. I'm going to show it to you. See, this is one of the most, this is one of the most, I miss a lot of things in my life. But if you'll get this message right here, you'll find out why so many people are not saved. Because they do not have spiritual life. See, when you don't want the word, you don't have spiritual life. When you don't want the word, you are not saved. If, you don't, if you're not saved, you don't have a spiritual life. You have no desire for the word. See, that's what people don't understand. They come to church. I'm your pastor. I see you. I sit here. I'm in a place where I can watch people. They have no desire for the word. They can't sit in here 10 minutes for the word. Not for the word. They have no desire for the word. See, that's the thing you got to understand once you get the Spirit of God in you, look at Romans chapter 8, verse 9. Once you get the Spirit of God in you, you're going to want the Word. And this is why I say over and over and over and over to people, watch your children. Can't you see they don't want the Word? I mean, don't play with this. When you see they don't want the Word, that means they don't have the Spirit. If you tell people who don't want the word, sit down five minutes, they're going to be out of here in five minutes. If you, you, don't, you don't watch, they're out of here in five minutes. I got to go get some water, I got to go to the bathroom, I got to go somewhere, I got to get out of here. 
Don't want the word. You start ministering to anybody around your job. Don't want the word, they're going to walk off from you. But people who want the spirit will stay. People who got the spirit will stay and hear the word. Are y'all listening to me? I mean, I know I've got all off course here and stuff, but I'm, I'm just. Romans 8 verse 9. Thank you. In Romans 8 verse 9, told you if you're born of the spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. But you are not in the flesh. Now, what happened when God born you again? He born you out of the flesh into the spirit realm. You are not flesh no more. Let me say it again. You are in the flesh, but you're not of the flesh. You are spirit. You are the body of Christ. You, the spirit of Christ lives in your soul. That is called spiritual life. Let me say it again. The Holy Spirit lives in your soul. That is called spiritual life. Because you have spiritual life, when your body dies, you can go into eternal life. You only have the spirit in you to give you a taste of eternal life. The Holy Spirit in you is just a foretaste of glory divine. Once you die and you have the spirit of Christ in you, you will be in full 100% spirit. You won't know anything else about nothing natural, physical, no more. So you sit around listening to folk talking about, yeah, mama, mama up there, and I know you know nothing. You're only going to know the word and God and the spirit realm. All the remembrance of people in the old world, old realm, flesh realm, you won't know them no more. You'll be known even as you are known. You'll know him and he'll know you. But all this other foolish stuff, you can forget it. You got to have spiritual life. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but you in the spirit. Listen, no, I know you want to say yeah, but I shouldn't hear you say yeah, yeah, yeah every time, okay? I'm not, just listen to me. You got your thing going on, break it down a little bit. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. Come on, say that with me. I'm not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. And the reason why, if so be that the spirit of God lives in me. Does the spirit of God live in you? If the spirit of God lives in you, you are not in the flesh no more. God born you out of Adam in the Christ. Man, this is something that you got to understand. You're not in the flesh no more. You're not a flesh creature no more. See, that's how we look at folk. We look at folk in the outward appearance. You listen. When you're in Christ, you are a new creation. And you got to stop looking at people out for the flesh. You got to stop seeing people out for the flesh. They are not flesh no more if they're in the spirit. They are in the spirit now. And they're spirit beings. 
and they already have eternal life, they just cannot operate in it right now because they have to be absent from the body. Once you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. It's instantly. It's like I'm sitting here talking to Yancey and all of a sudden I'm absent from the body. I'm not talking to Yancey no more. I'm talking to the heavenly beings. I went from natural realm to the spirit realm. See, eternal life is not something you're going to pray for, uh, play with, because if you don't have eternal life, you got eternal death. And both of them are eternal. So let me say this to you. Listen, you got children. My heart aches and groans when I see children don't don't know what to don't without my heart. Don't want to worry. That's why as parents, you should keep your child with you and make sure your child is saved. And I'm not saying this here to you. I have children, and listen, my, my children would tell you, I don't care. They call me whatever they want to call me. You going to church Sunday morning, and you're going to sit with your parents. And when you show me you saved, then I'll let you branch off a little bit and sit with somebody else. But until that, you ain't going nowhere. I got to make sure that I'm going to be like Noah. When I, Noah said the only thing matters is me and my house. As for me and my house, listen, that's what Joshua said. If it's me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Noah said only eight folk got on the ship, but it was my house. Amen. Noah, his wife, his three sons, their wife, they were all saved. Listen, you got to understand, if I ask you right now, is your household saved? Yeah, are they saved? Don't play with me. Something when people go to church all their life, let their children die and go to hell. And you know they ain't saved. They don't want the word. They don't want the good. They don't want the word. They don't want God. And there are a lot of folks grows up like that and they're grown now. You can't tell me nothing. And you don't want the word or don't want God. And I'm your pastor and I'm going to tell you, as long as you're at this church, I'm going to preach until hell come out of you. If you stay here long enough. Because I do not want to see nobody die and go to hell. I wish the devil go to hell by itself. But you need to sit around sometime and just look and see, is your house saved? If your house ain't saved, that's your ministry. You don't have to be worried about what I'm supposed to be doing. You got folks to tell you I'm an apostle so-and-so and the children don't crack. That ain't no good. If your ministry is good, why don't it save your house? At least your children ought to know that you saved. Let me ask you a question and I'm done. Do your children know you saved? If you ask your children right now, am I saved? What would they say to you? It touched my life. We was at a, at a eulogy. And I'm not going to say when. Some of you was in here, you heard it. The preacher looked over and said, well, I know my auntie was saved. But he told her husband, well, I know you ain't saved. Am I lying? 
What do you say? You're getting there. If you know that's your uncle and he's not saved, then why don't you See, that's why Pastor Crump fussed so much, you call fussing. Hell ain't no game. Devils, it's no game. They're real. They're called demons. They're real. And your soul don't want to go to hell with them. They'll torment you 24 hours a day. And you could have been with me. <laughs> you could have been with the church. Celebrating our Lord every day. Come on, get up on your feet. I know that clap there was, that clap there was really, it was, it's just like it started out on one side of the church. Listen, people don't know me. Let me tell you something. I know a lot of folk in this church. I got a prayer list. You're not going to hell. You might not want God right now. You might think that you're just enjoying life. Well, let me tell you something. That's going to change. One of these days, you're going to wake up and you're going to say, oh my God, I, I need to get saved. I know, I'm going to pray the hell out of you. <laughs> you're not going to hell. You're a part of this church. I'm not going to sit and watch your children die and go to hell. I'm not going to sit and watch mine go to hell. I'm not going to sit and watch my grandchildren, none of them. You're not going to die and go to hell. I'm going to pray for you every day. Until I see change. Until I see you start talking about change. Your life gonna change. How can you be around the light and you never change? You got to start letting that light shine. Let folks see your light. I'm not talking about you got to go do all this stuff. You just let, let people see it. When you're around folks that say it convicts you. I've heard people in the plant. Man, don't curse around sister so-and-so. She's Christian. They get over here and curse like a sailor. But they won't curse around that lady. Why is that? Let me say something. You caught me on one of my fussing days. But I love you. And I want to see Christ. When you're in Christ... You in life. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 22 told us in Christ all is made alive. You can't be alive unless you're in Christ. Christ died for your sins. And he was buried and God raised him from the dead just for you. And all you need to do is stop playing games with God and let him save you. You let him save you, he'll move on to somebody else. But he's not going to leave you until he saves you. Whatever you're going through right now, God wants you saved. He wants you to receive his Holy Spirit in your life and make sure you're his son. If you'll do that, God will move on to somebody else. But he's not going to leave you until he make you his own child. That's my prayer for you. Receive him now, would you?
Christ died for my sins. He was buried in God and raised Jesus from the dead. And now I'm a new creation in Christ. Hey, you prayed that prayer? Let me know. Call me sometime on my podcast or Facebook. Let us know. Pastor, I have received Christ now. That message was for me. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.